Can you hear me? I could. Yes, I can hear you. You couldn't hear I, the music. I did not hear the music. Son of a bee. Um, listener section, can you guys hear us speaking? If you can, put your thumbs up, please. Throw some emojis. All right, there's one. There's one. We got a thumber. I don't see any emojis. I did. Drop off and then come back up. All right. What's up, Carol? Habib, Jake, good to see you guys. We're... We just did a test space and it was fine. And then we started this one and Jacob couldn't hear the music. Jacob, can you hear me? All right. Here we go. Bringing you up. There, Petey Pablo. And wait for it. Coming up. You're you're a speaker. Now you're a co-host. You're not a co-host. Yeah, there we go. Can you... You, you speak? Yep, I can hear everything. And I saw emojis from people. So we are good. Sweet. All right, well, we're we're just waiting for our guesty poo here. All right, full disclosure before she gets here so I don't pronounce her name wrong. How do I say it? Yeah, Barrick. What? No, the first name. Saran. <laughs> how, how many times am I going to call her, her full name? <laughs> <laughs> Sauron, like, like, like the eye of Sauron. No, that no, no. I think it's that's Sauron, but this is Sauron with a Sauron. Speaking of, let's bring her on up. Oh my gosh! I'll get, I'll get the. Yeah, no fangirling. Um, I uh, we'll we'll give her give us the final word on how to pronounce her name. How's that sound? That was hilarious. Oh my god, that was so much fun listening in. Hey on how you on how to pronounce my name. Um Soron is is that that's close. Um the way that I usually get people to to um to remember it is if you know Harry Potter, what is Harry Potter's best friend if he were knighted? Dumbledore. I don't know Harry Potter. That, is that was a guy? the wrong answer. Oh that was one hundred percent that was the worst answer. <laughs> Um, I mean, I guess he's kind of a friend of Harry's, but not his best friend. His best friend is Ron. Oh, Ron. So if you knighted him, what would you call him? Sir Ron. There you go. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I love that. The fact that you have that to tell people is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I made I made a whole graphic and everything. I put it on my blog. It's like it's like the homepage. It's like you know, on my homepage. It's like the main thing that you see. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to help people out, you know, one at a time. That's quite a flex. I can appreciate that. <laughs> uh, well Jason, done. Is, is, do you don't like Harry Potter or you just have never seen Harry Potter or read Harry Potter? I got to clear this up. Uh, well, I'm, I'm an adult male. Um, I missed that whole phase of like the fantasy novel type stuff. So it kind of got lost on me just because I had aged out but when it was really popular. Mm, got you. I will, okay. however, say I did see the movies. <laughs> my middle, da- my oldest daughter is a huge fan. Okay, got you. Got you. Cool. All right, uh, Jason, are uh, we ready to start? I'm going to let you go ahead and jump in because I'm hitting our dead spot here. But welcome. Yeah. I wanted to welcome Saran, Saran, <laughs> to the stage. Nailed it. I nailed it that time. You All did right, a great I'm job. It, <laughs> I'm going to hand it to you, Jacob. Start All us right. off. All right. Well, first of all, thanks to Saran for joining us in our Tech Commute space. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tech Commute, the Twitter X space where we all learn together, celebrate achievements, and talk to some of the most incredible people like Saran in tech on the planet. Uh, We have spaces Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3.50 Eastern Standard Time. Mondays are our tech topics consisting of a theme and a guest. Tuesdays are our I'm a Dev, Ask Me Anything series where you bring questions for an experienced developer. And on Fridays, we celebrate the wins for the week. So come on in, join us, and share your wins for the week so we can all cheer each other on into the weekend. Okay, everybody, dim the lights. Drum roll, please. I would like to welcome to the stage the wonderful, the most amazing Saranya Barrick. Everybody, everybody, throw the, throw the, throw the <laughs> uh, goes wild. I can feel it. I feel the love. I feel it. 
Everybody might uh, remember Saran from the Code Newbies podcast. I sure do. And uh, Saran also has a new newsletter, uh, kind of new. It's been out for a few weeks, but um, uh, a not a designer uh, uh, newsletter uh, dealing with design in tech. Uh, we're going to get to those and how you guys can check them out. If you guys are not already subscribed or not already following those pages, we're going to get to that here in a moment. Um, the first part we're going to go through, uh, we're going to ask Saran some questions and then uh, we'll uh, have a little area at the end to uh, maybe bring some people up if you guys have some questions for Saran uh, to answer. But yeah, my name is Jacob Ashley. And of course, let's not forget our host with the most, my dear friend, the guy that loves pizza more than I do, maybe the wonderful, the most, the most amazing Jason Torres. Oof! Note to self: uh, telling Jacob eleven times not to fangirl is clearly not enough. Good to know. <laughs> oh, guys, I'm so excited. We have Saran here. It's going to be a great episode. Um, welcome everybody. If you're new. You find value in what we're uh, discussing today. Make sure you follow Saran and anybody else in here that gives you any sort of value. We're, we're building community, positive community. So I love seeing all of you here. Let's uh, let's go ahead and, and go right in. Let's first let's say hello to our wonderful guest, Saran. Saran, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm hanging out. Yeah. Good Happy. Good. Happy Monday. Why don't you, I guess let's just kind of start off with a couple little softball questions. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into tech, and maybe then kind of give us an idea of what the the precipice for um, Code Newbie, the podcast, like what what made you start that? Yeah, sure. So I got into tech, um, it feels like forever ago now, um, when I was like 24, I think. Um, and I got into, no, that's, I lied. I lied completely. I think it was like 22, 23. And I got into tech because I worked at different, um, tech startups in non-coding roles. So I've done like sales and marketing and a lot of those things. And I was really inspired to get into tech from the Steve Jobs book when it came out. And that book really spoke to me because it was the first time that I had heard of tech being described in a very human way and in a way that talked about people and their problems and just was about storytelling. It was a lot of things that I could relate to. And so I thought, oh, this this tech world is kind of interesting. Let's see what's going on over here. And so I did a bunch of research on different um, tech startups and cold emailed a bunch of them. One of those emails turned into a coffee, which turned into an internship, which turned into a job. And that was um, my first entrance into tech. But again, non-technical. So I did um, like sales support. I was an account executive. And um, I worked in startups for a couple of years. And I felt like because I didn't know how to code and because I didn't understand product, I always felt very limited by what I could do and what I could contribute. I felt like I just wasn't able to, you know, to be impactful in the team. I felt like there was a ceiling of how high I could go and how much money I could make and just, you know, what what role I could play in the organization. And I felt like if I wanted to stay in the startup world, which I did, I really needed to get into, um, I really needed to, to learn how to code. And so I, uh, I, I, left my job and said, I'm going to give myself um, a month to really learn how to code and just focus on it full time and see how it felt. And I did the pre-work on Flatiron. Flatiron School is a boot camp. And I did the pre-work on there that was free. And I, and I did it, you know, 12, 16 hours a day, every day for a month. And I wanted to quit so many times because it was so hard, but it felt like right when it wasn't going well, I would have a breakthrough and it would be amazing. And that amazingness, you know, surpassed all of the, the difficulty and the, the crap that, you know, it, it, that, that went and didn't work. And so I said, let me, you know, keep going. And that month was really my way of saying, let me just get through the 30 days and let me see at the end of it, is this something I want to keep doing or is this something I want to stop? And I decided that it was something that I wanted to keep doing and I wanted to keep pursuing. And so then I had to decide, okay, do I do this on my own or do I do a boot camp? And I really liked the idea of having the structure and support of a boot camp. And so I decided to um, enroll in the Flatiron School. Or I applied and got accepted into the Flatiron School um, in New York City. 
And that was the program that I went with. And it was an amazing program, um, partly because I had such a phenomenal instructor. Avi Fombaum was the dean, co-founder, and was my teacher. And he was just a phenomenal, phenomenal teacher, so good at explaining things. And um, what I realized throughout that program is the, the program itself was really great, but really it was the community that got me through. It was having the people there who knew the highs, knew the lows, who were excited to be there, um, but also knew how frustrating it could be when things didn't work. And it was having that support system around me. And so I said, you know, I really don't like the idea that if you wanted to find this type of community, you pretty much had to go to a boot camp. It was really hard to find online developer communities at the time. And so I said, I really want to create a community for people who are learning on their own, who are doing it solo, who don't have the members that I have, who don't have the community that I have. And so Twitter chats were super popular back then. They don't really do them anymore, but they were a really big deal. And so I would, um, I would host these Twitter chats every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Um, Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern. And I would use the hashtag code newbie and I would tweet out questions. And the questions would go, you know, how was your coding this week? You know, how did it go for you? What did you learn? What are some resources you're excited about? And we pick a different topic each week and we discuss it together and it was such a beautiful way of creating community and having people talk to one another, find each other. People would connect after the Twitter chats were over. People would DM each other. People would offer guidance and support and advice. And it really became this beautiful community online that lasted, um, that ended up lasting like eight years. <laughs> we did that Twitter chat for like eight years every every Wednesday. And, um, and I think it was maybe six months into doing the Twitter chats, I uh, decided that I really wanted to dig into individual stories and I wanted to unpack how people became developers one-on-one. -on -one. And to do that, I was thinking, what's the best medium for that? And I thought, uh, podcasts. Podcasts is a great way. Having these live interviews, or not live, but having these one-on-one um, these -on -one interviews was a great way of digging into people's stories and inspiring people. And so I decided to launch a podcast. And it was about two months into the podcast that I got an email from a company who said, hey, I love what you're doing. I'll give you 200 bucks if you run an ad on your show. And I thought, holy crap, I can make money from this? <laughs> you know, that wasn't the intention, that wasn't the idea. Um, but it was just really fascinating that there was an opportunity to make this sustainable. And that's really what turned Code Newbie from this kind of like fun side project to a proper business and really turned it into um, a, a media company. And so from there, we ended up launching um, a couple podcasts, uh, had our conference Codeland that we do every year, launched um, uh, meetups all over the U.S., and we kept doing those Twitter chats. Uh, we had a blog for some time. Uh, we had a, a discourse and then into a Slack, um, and then eventually ended up getting acquired by um, Forum, which runs the Dev.2 platform. So that's the, the story of me and Code Newbie. That's amazing. So like the, the, the community thing that you, that you, that you were building when you were learning it, like that is so important. I feel um, when people like me were trying to figure out what this tech Twitter thing is, what this community thing is, I always thought it was like this specific group. Like it was like one group, but it's not, you know, it's like, it's what you make it. It's the people that maybe are aligned with you and where you're at and you're learning and you kind of, uh, create like a bond and stuff. So it's really awesome that you did that. Um, and the fact that you went from like a non-tech job to a tech job too, which um, a lot of us here have done to um, uh, career changes. As far as like your your episodes, when you said, you know, that you were building them, I just, <laughs> I went through every, I'm going to, sorry, Jason, I'm sorry. I'm going to say it right now, but um, I went through a phase where I spent a good two to three months just nonstop every day listening to the episodes because they were so inspirational to me. They were so awesome. Um, but yeah, what I, what, what my question is to you is out of, you know, when you were building these episodes and growing Konubi, how did you like, did you come across any, like, um, did you come across any challenges while doing it or um, uh, any things that, were like speed bumps in your, in your journey of building the podcast and how did you like overcome them? That's an interesting question. Um, I would say I was extremely surprised and humbled at how incredibly supportive the tech community was of what I was trying to build. 
Um, I was very aware that the tech community can be kind of a mean place. I was very aware that it can be, um, you know, a little gatekeepy and kind of rude. I was very aware that it can be sexist and racist. And I've been very lucky that I have, for the most part, not really had to deal with any of that. Um, people have pretty much welcomed me with open arms and been really supportive and really, you know, especially in the early days, you know, they retweeted when I would tweet about the Twitter chats and they would come on my show and they would support me and they would, you know, join the Twitter chat. So it was just, it was a really exciting way to, um, it, it was, it was a really exciting journey to, to build it, especially in the early days. Cause I felt like I had so much support from senior people, from folks who were looking to grow. And also it was at the time, it was kind of the height of boot camps. So there was a huge amount of energy around people learning to code and people doing this boot camp thing and trying to see if it was a good idea and all that. So it was just, it was a lot of support. Um, in terms of challenges, I would say that the one thing that was, um, that was hard, I guess, is just figuring out how to do a, a good job, if that makes sense. Like when I did, for example, I spent a good month just researching podcasts and different soundproofing setups for my apartment when, um, when I was trying to figure out how to improve the podcast. And so there was a lot of, there's a lot of like permanent self teaching when you're building a community, when you're building a business, if that makes sense. Like I, I went through so many different, you know, videos and I, and I bought so many mics and I returned most of them, but like, you know, I bought them and tested them and did a lot of research and watched a lot of YouTube videos. There was just a lot of learning that had to happen um, that, you know, I kind of did on my own. So I guess the hardest part was even though I was creating a community, I didn't have a community, you know, like I didn't have people that I could lean on for myself. And I didn't really have people to kind of figure out, well, how do you grow a community? And, you know, how do you do a great show? And how do you put on a great conference? And a lot of that stuff, again, I was still supportive, but a lot of that stuff I kind of had to figure out on my own. So I feel like it was, it was in a, and I think I wrote a blog post about this many years ago, but it was just, it's weird to, to be leading a community, but not to have one for yourself. That's great. I love that. Um, just to let everybody know that's coming in, uh, welcome. This is Tech Commute. Today we're talking to Sarani Barrick of Code Newbie Podcast and um, the new newsletter, Not a Designer. Um, we are currently going through some questions, learning about Sarani's history with creating the podcast. And a little bit later, we can open up the floor for everybody coming up to, answer, uh, to ask some questions to Saran if you have one. Um, Saran, with the... Um, with the Code Newbie podcast, can you think of any like memorable moments uh, that happened to you during that or impactful to you that just stand out? I know I'm probably this is probably to call out all your episodes since there's a ton of them, uh, but <laughs> maybe maybe just one of them, one of them that kind of rings a bell. Yes, there's one that I'm trying to look it up to see. Yes, it was, I'm pretty sure it was Julia. Was it Julia Nguyen? I think it was Julia. We had this mental health episode um, that was really just um, really powerful. And I'm pretty sure it was, that was the episode that we had to record twice because I messed up the audio the first time. And I remember that so well, because I remember I was in my um, apartment. I think this was in New, I'm pretty sure this is in Jersey. And I recorded it and her, it kept clipping, like it kept and clipping in an audio is when it goes like too high, like the, like the, it, it, it's too loud. And so it, it kind of like zzzes out and, um, and that kept happening. And I had to ask her to record it again. And I felt so bad because she had done such an excellent job with, you know, with all of this all these stories and all these personal, you know, trials and tribulations that she'd gone through. And I had to basically ask her to do it again because I couldn't figure out how to fix the audio. It was just, it was just too damaged. Um, so that's one that really stands out to me <laughs> because I remember, um, I remember it really well. Um, we also had an episode on um, Kelsey Hightower that was really, really good. Uh, I think he's still active on Twitter. I think he did recently retired, which is pretty good, but his was really fascinating because we did like a super long, episode um and we ended up having to to like cut it up and we had him twice actually and we had one on his on on being a container and we had him with laura hogan on what makes a good speaker and that one was a really good episode too 
So yeah, we've had some memorable ones. I think one of our most popular ones was actually the story of um, of uh, George Moore from 2016 called the truck driver episode. And it was this really inspiring story about him um, just driving trucks for, you know, hours and hours and listening to the podcast, listening to books and listening to all these things on the road and leveling up and working really hard. And that was a story that I remember was super, super popular and really inspiring to folks. So yeah, lots of great episodes. Oh, there's, there's so many. At, like mm-hmm. I started at the newest one and went like backwards. And so, yeah, um, yeah. yeah if, if anybody out there go to your nearest podcast, you can even go to the Code Newbie podcast website and stream them all. They're available for everybody. But I went new and went all the way back, all the way back to 2014. It was, it was so good. But one for me was the Leon Noel one, because that's where I found. Oh, that was so good. And yeah. without that one, I feel so like a lot of people also found it through your podcast too. Without that episode, Saran, I would not literally be here. So thank you oh, so wow. much for what you do. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Saran, absolutely. Uh, sorry. Uh, Jason, go ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to kind of deep dive this. I did get through the podcast I was listening to. I'm very linear, mm-hmm. so I have to finish something first, but this <laughs> is the fine. next one. And I, I did go ahead and post your links up in the Jumbotron for everybody to check cool. out. Um, speaking of the podcast, you guys recently were acquired mm-hmm. Um, that's gotta be kind of an awesome feeling. Was that always sort of the, the thought with it or did that just sort of happen? Maybe you could walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. So I guess what people don't really know with code newbie is my goal had, once I realized that I could make money from this, my goal had always been to turn it into some type of like product. And I just couldn't figure out what the product should be. And it was uh, a multi-year long endeavor where I tried so many ideas and did so many user interviews and tried so many things. I even brought on um, a co-founder temporarily and ended up not working out. Um, but I, I tried so many things the last three years of Code Newbie to try to get some type of a sustainable product off the ground. And I just couldn't make it work. And it's, it's a difficult community to serve as a business because the whole point of creating a community for Uh, people learning to code is that most people learning how to code are doing it for financial gain, which is totally fine. Um, They're doing it because they're trying to get out of their economic situation. They want to provide for their families. They want to take care of their kids. They want to take care of their families, et cetera. And so these are people who frankly don't have a lot of expendable income, right? They're saving. They're trying to put it towards a boot camp or trying to put it towards, you know, their next course or whatever it is. And so it is kind of weird to ask people who are looking to you to help them make more money to give you money, (laughs) you know, like it's kind of a little awkward. Um, So I just didn't feel right. I just couldn't figure out a product that made sense to charge my community for. So that kind of ruled out a lot of ideas that I had. Um, And sponsorships also just generally um, worked out, I think, well, because it felt like I could, you know, support myself while also creating something that was free and sustainable. So that worked out well. But I'm not a huge fan of the sponsorship model. I always felt very, you know, there's always that disconnect between you're creating something for one audience, but you're um, serving a different audience. And so it just it just felt kind of split attention. Um, And I just didn't really like that as a long term business model. And so the reason why I ended up acquiring, uh, ended up getting acquired is because um, that year, I kind of felt like I had taken it as far as I could take it. And I felt like I couldn't really think of a good product to build out of this. And I, I really didn't want to build a boot camp. I really didn't want to um, teach programming. That wasn't a, a passion of mine. That wasn't something I wanted to do. And I just couldn't figure it out. And I really wanted it to continue existing. I wanted to keep serving people and I wanted to keep helping people, but I wanted to do it in a different capacity. And I felt like I had kind of done as far as I could do with Code Newbie. And so that's when I started thinking about, okay, what is, what's a good way to give it a home? Is that um, an acquisition? Is that, you know, hiring a a community manager to run it full time? Is it scaling it back down to just a podcast, which I can do once a week? Yeah, I was kind of trying to figure out where to place it and what to do with it. Um, And then I happened to talk to the creators of Dev.2. Ben Halpern is a good friend of mine. I've known him for many, many years and we were talking and I was telling him like, I'm you know trying to find a good home. And he was like, 
well, you know, we could acquire it. And I was like, yeah, you could, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and so that kind of kickstarted those conversations, but it took a while to get the deal done, but eventually it was done. And it felt really good to know that it had, um, you know, a, a, a full a family for it and a, a place to, to really um, take care of it and, and see it, you know, live on. So that was a really good feeling. Yeah. It's awesome when you get to a point and you're, it sounds like you had that knowledge, like that that's what you wanted to see happen already. It's good to have that vision in place because I think it does help you make the decisions along the way, as opposed to being a little bit unclear. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's amazing for you. So congratulations on that. At what, at what capacity are you um, working on Code Newbie now? So I'm a consultant to dev. So I do the podcast. Um, and I do, I MC the Codeland conference, um, which for the last couple of years has been remote. I'm not sure if there's plans to bring it back in person or what they plan on doing with that next year, but, um, but yeah, I MC the conference and I keep hosting the podcast. That's awesome. I love that. So what sort of advice would you give anyone that's maybe interested in doing some podcasting, breaking into that or kind of building online communities or platforms? Like what were some of the steps or tips that that you would give for people to sort of replicate what you did? If you're interested in being uh, a content creator of sorts, I personally, and this might be a a good segue segue to the next topic, but I have loved putting on a newsletter. Um, I don't believe I haven't done this sooner. Like I should have done this years ago. Um, But I find so much um, value in creating a newsletter. So my newsletter is called Not a Designer. It's uh, designed by people who are developers and people in tech. And it has been so much fun getting to focus on writing. And it has been so much more, it, it feels so much more intimate. And it feels like there's so much more opportunity to get feedback and to really talk to my audience in a way that I don't have by doing a podcast. Podcasts are very, it, it's very lonely because you, you record, you upload, you talk to, you know, you talk into the void and it's not like spaces where like, I can see who's listening, right? Like I can, I can see your faces. I can see you applaud. I can see your reactions. It feels lively. It feels exciting. It feels like I have, you know, friends in the room. Um, it's a lot of fun to do. Whereas um, with a podcast, it can feel just very lonely. You're talking into you know, to, to, to a dark room and you can see the downloads come in, but um, it's just not the same, you know, and it's different with a newsletter where you have emails and you can see like who is clicking open and who is clicking a link. And it just feels like you have more of a community and more of an audience around you, which is a much better feeling. And I also feel like with text, you have just way more control to edit, to iterate, to fix, to, to play with, to experiment. You can do polls and all that stuff. So if you're interested in content, I highly recommend starting a newsletter over um, starting a podcast, 100%. That's my biggest advice. And then I would say um, the, the second big thing that I would say is you have to be shameless in your self-promotion. I feel like the biggest reason why CodeNubi got off the ground and why CodeNubi ended up being so successful is because um, I tweeted about it constantly. I DM'd everyone I knew on Twitter who had a bigger following than me and said, can you please retweet this? Can you please retweet this? I was shameless in how much I talked about it and how much I promoted it and how much I did for it. And that is kind of the same attitude that I'm taking with this newsletter as well. Just go, you know, just messaging a bunch of people and constantly talking about it and sharing about it and just being genuinely excited about it. And I think that whatever your journey is, whether it's starting a newsletter of your own, whether it's starting the learn to code journey, whether it's, you know, joining open source for the first time, I think being shameless about your excitement is super, super important. That's the only way you can spread the word. That's the only way you can get other people to join in and support you in your journey. So that's hundred percent the thing that I would recommend is just be shameless about, how proud you are of your progress, how excited you are about progress. Excitement is contagious. It's really fun. Like Jacob, when I see your excitement on Twitter, like I get excited, I get excited all over again. I'm like, yeah, I remember what that felt like to make that progress and make those steps and move forward. And, you know, it's just, it's really exciting to see other people 
do the things they say they're going to do because too many of us have big dreams and don't do any work and don't really put time and effort towards those dreams. So when people are living them, it's really fun to be a part of that ride. So let people be a part of your ride. And it's such an important part of the community. Um, transferring that energy, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, I love mm -hmm. that you brought that up. And that's something that we try to, you know, I don't want to say preach, but we advocate for, especially in these spaces, because I think it's so important to have that and give that value back and forth, the exchange. So thank you for bringing that up. That was a great point. Yeah, uh, speaking of, obviously, the Not A Designer uh, newsletter, maybe you could kind of tell us how that all came about, like why that specifically what was the origin yeah there's kind of two reasons why i started that newsletter so i started it um this will be the fourth week that we do it we have a new episode coming out or new um new drop coming out tomorrow um and the reason why i started was because i was feeling really stuck in my own business i started this uh startup called disco a couple years ago and it started off really well and things were really exciting and we're, we're doing really great um, and then people um, were no longer like listening and were no longer engaging with the content. And it was really painful and it was really frustrating. And when I interviewed people and asked them, you know, like, why did you not click play? Why did you not engage? The answer was pretty simple. We weren't solving a problem. We weren't solving a problem for folks and people weren't as um, weren't as excited about, um, you know, pe people want things that solve a pain point for them, that solve a problem for them. We just weren't doing that. And it was really interesting because um, when I did the landing page for that, I had um, gone out and, you know, did a, a pre-order for these audio courses. That was the product we were selling was audio courses. And I put out a pre-order page for a couple of weeks and had about 500 people sign up for it. And I was really excited and thought, wow, this is great traction. And this is, you know, great support. And um, so I went out and now I had to actually build out all this content that I promised people and I needed to hire producers in order to do that. And so I tried to raise a round of money. And so I tried to raise a pre-seed round of $500,000. And this was during the height of Clubhouse. If you remember Clubhouse, right, the predecessor to Twitter Spaces. And it was really, um, people were really excited about the audio space, it was really hot back then. And instead of raising 500,000, I ended up raising a little over 2 million. And it was really exciting. And I had, you know, all this cash to then hire a team and produce this content. So I hired the team, produced this content, put it out there. It took me a couple months to kind of get it all together. And then I heard crickets. I heard nothing. Like users were not interested. I had maybe a handful of downloads and people just weren't engaging in it. And again, when I asked people why, they said, because we weren't solving a pain point, we we're solving a problem for them. Um, which was very understandable, right? If you're not solving a problem, then why am I using your product? And that was a really big lesson to me. That was a really big lesson of it's not just about ideas that come from your head that sound cool. It should really be about making someone's life a little bit easier. And we just weren't doing that. And so I went back to my investors and I said, you know, I, I, I don't think this idea is working. I don't see the big, you know, end goal for this. Um, I would love to explore other ideas if that's cool. Um, and my investors gave me their blessing. And so I spent the next couple of years literally pivoting, um, went through over a dozen ideas, interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people trying to find a problem that was interesting, went through so many different verticals and so many different spaces. Um, and finally, just got to a point where I was cycling between you know, extreme hope and extreme burnout. And I was like, oh, should I just, you know, give the money back and get a job? What should I do? And I was, not, but I felt so privileged to even be in a position where I could explore my ideas. And so I really wanted to take advantage of it. And it was just, it was a whole mess. And then a couple months ago, I said, you know what? I think I'm done just talking to users and trying to find a problem. I think that I'm going to become my own user and solve my own problem and see if that strategy works. And so I said, okay, what's the user that I want to serve? And I absolutely love content creators. I was a content creator for, for most of my years. I, I never thought of myself that way when I thought about CodeNewbie, but CodeNewbie was a media company. It was basically content creation, right? And so I was a content creator. I love that space a lot. And I really love content creators. I think they are so brave and exciting and interesting. Um, and I really wanted to serve them. So I said, okay, let me go back to being a content creator. If I were to create content today, what would I create? And I said, a newsletter, 100%. I would hands down create a newsletter. Okay, what newsletter would I want to write about on a regular basis? What would I be excited to write about? 
And my secret passion that I guess I've just never really shared publicly is design. I love design. I absolutely love doing it. I love thinking about it. I think about it a lot. I've done a lot of design projects from landing pages to products. I redesigned um, the Storygraphs big, re uh, not relaunch, but they had a, a big redesign earlier this year. And I was responsible for, um, for most of that. And that app gets used by millions of people every month. And so I've just been really into it, but I've never been trained as a designer. I don't no design principles from an academic perspective. I've just gone from blog posts that I pieced together, things that feel right, things that feel off, that sort of thing. And so I thought, what would happen if I like learned design, right? If I just picked the topic once a week, twice a week, and wrote about the things I was learning from the perspective of a developer, from the perspective of someone who wants to get better at design, what would that look like? And so I thought, I'm going to call it not a designer, and I'm going to write this newsletter and I'm going to go back to my creator days and I'm going to genuinely try to grow and scale this newsletter content and see what problems I face along the way, what I learn about myself, what I learned about the process, and see if there's maybe some idea in there that I could then turn into a product. So my goal is twofold. My goal is to genuinely help other developers like myself become better designers and become comfortable doing design work. Um, but also it's to understand firsthand what the role and perspective of a creator is and see if there is an interesting product I can build for myself to solve my own problem. Oh, I love that. It sounds very similar. I, the whole reason that we started uh, the tech commute was almost the exact same thing because we decided that we wanted to learn in public and, and also kind of have people see behind the curtain of doing it. So that's why we're, we're talking about all these things and learning as we're going and having the community come in and listen to us, ask the questions and learn. So people can kind of pick up on that as we're going too. So I love that you did that because it sounds very similar to what we're kind of trying to do here. So. Um, awesome. So Are you planning cool. on turning tech commute into like a business kind of thing? I don't know. It's kind of funny because we did just like register a domain. Um, mm. We're possibly looking at opening it up to some sort of like a community site um, and doing it in open source. We're literally just fleshing all of this out as I'm saying it right now. Exciting. Just, just what I I'm literally just saying it. Um, I, it might be. It might be. It would be very cool. I know. We've also talked about making access to the recordings of the spaces because we've had so many amazing people come in, um, kind of treating it more like podcast episodes. I think mm -hmm. that's also why we've always sort of treated it like seasons. Um, but but the values there in the learning, similar to what you're doing with your newsletter, you're taking that journey and giving it to others so they can see it and experience it as well. And that was always what the, the basis of this was. So uh, as I say, learn from not necessarily your mistakes, but people can learn from my mistakes and get value from that as well. So um, mm. over to you, Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just so excited about, um, about all of this because, oh, and by the way, a little bit of business stuff is we have stickers on the way for tech commute. That's a little bit businessy, but uh Definitely one is being held for Saran, so we'll send you a tech commute sticker for your uh, your computer, your house, wherever you want to stick it. Um, yeah, I'm definitely in the mode to get a not a designer sticker. Um, if you guys want to know about that, you're going to have to read the newsletter, though. Um, speaking of the newsletter, I, just, I love it because my life, I before I did coding, I was doing graphic design. And then when I went into coding, it was so nice to be able um, to be able to use my graphic design skills while I'm coding. But I, most of the time when I would be like hearing from people, I would hear a lot of the time, like, I'm not good at design. You know, I don't understand design or I would make something and somebody would be like, how'd you do that? You know, the, the design on that's really good. And so when I hear that, I'm just like, you know, I, I wish there was more of a, of an intersection, right. Between the two, b between uh, design and between development. And I think what you're doing here is really, really awesome because I'm learning stuff. Every time I read the newsletter, when it pops in the email, I'm just like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. So it, it's something new. It's something fresh. It's built like in, in the newsletter. So it's, it's, it's like quick bites. Um, read it when you can. Stop. You know, it's just so good. It's a different kind of platform. 
Uh, and I'm just excited, excited to hear more about it. Um, uh, sorry, to see it grow uh, is what I mean. So I guess to kind of wrap up the Not a Designer uh, newsletter and kind of open up the, the floor for anybody that might have questions for Saran, uh, I would say, what can your uh, readers, Saran, expect to gain from subscribing to the newsletter? And do you plan, uh, and, and what do you see like the future of Not a Designer continuing, the near future, I should say? I think your mic's off, Saran. Oh, thank you. Um, the main thing that I want people to get from the newsletter is I want them to believe that they can do it. Um, I got a comment on a post recently that said, you know, this looks, the design feels really approachable when you walk through it, but, you know, I don't trust that I can get through that process myself. And one of my goals for the issues is to give you enough things in your tool set to give you enough um, starting points, enough guiding questions that the next time you see a design challenge, you feel confident in at least having a starting point and having a way and a process to kind of walk through it. That's my goal. And so I think that for, for me, um, I feel like I have done a good job when someone can say to me, I knew I had to, you know, make a bulleted list and I didn't know how to design it, but I remembered, you know, your tips and I remembered your guiding questions and I was able to get to a better place in my design that I feel good about. That's kind of what I want people to walk away with. And so for me as a content creator, I'm trying to figure out what's the best way of getting people there, right? Um, last week, I did a lot of really granular kind of step-by-step -step design walkthroughs where I said, we're going to start with some HTML and we're going to iteratively change one thing at a time until we get to a place where our design looks good. And I'm going to explain every single change we make. And I'm going to ask you, you know, I try to do the Socratic method whenever I can. So I'm going to ask you questions. So you're thinking along with me. You're not just blindly following what I'm doing, but you're actually thinking along with me and you're able to, um, to, to think about these decisions that we're making together and you can come up with your own opinion. So that's kind of my goal for that. Um, and then I'm trying a different style. Tomorrow's a little bit of a different newsletter where it's a little bit more of a reference and it's a little bit less conversational. It's not so much me kind of talking you through my thinking, but more of kind of this is, you know, this is a fact, here's a rule, here's a shortcut, here's a table, here's a reference. So it's a little bit more referency documentation style for tomorrow's issue. And I'm curious to see if people like that better, it's a little bit more actionable or if people like the conversational style. So I'm still experimenting. I'm still learning a ton and figuring out what is going to connect with my audience the most. Um, but my goal is to make you feel comfortable and confident that you can make better design decisions on your own. I, I just have a quick question. I'll go back to you, Jacob. I, I was just checking out the, um, I, I saw the Space Jam logo in one of the posts and I started yeah. kind of scrolling through it. Uh, how, how much time are you putting into like researching for each one of these, these newsletters? It, Cause this, I, I mean, based on what I just sort of looked over and I'm going to follow up and read that one when we're done. Um, it looks like a lot of work. It's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a lot. Um, I would say each, each article, each, each issue probably takes, depending on the article, maybe like six hours of research and then another four to five of writing and then another two to three of making all the graphics. Because I have to like make the graphics to explain every point, right? So the first time I'll do like a big information dump of all the research that I've done and then I'll go in and I'll write a draft and I'll put placeholders and I'll say, okay, insert graphic where I illustrate, you know, what tracking type looks like or whatever the, the thing is for that, that piece. And I'll kind of put in placeholders and then I'll go into Figma and then I'll design all my graphics and I'll export them. Um, and then it takes me probably another, maybe like half an hour or hour to actually, I use Beehive for my newsletter platform. So it takes me another, probably like an, an hour to, um, to export, not export, but to the copy and paste everything and then import it and set it up in Beehive. Um, and I have two people read each issue for me for feedback. Um, and so there's like a, you know, 24 hour gap in between there before I put it in Beehive where I get feedback from people and, and, you know, make any final changes and edits and stuff. So it's, it's like a lot of work. <laughs> like it actually takes, and for this issue, actually for the one for tomorrow, I ended up like 
I bought a whole book. I bought a whole book on topography. I didn't read the whole thing, but I read the relevant chapters. Um, and, you know, that was like an extra, you know, hour, hour or two that I had to incorporate into my research time. So, yeah, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. Man, you are so passionate about this. I love it. It's like, it's like, it's like you're starting something new again, right? And like the excitement is back and, you, and yep. you're, and you're, yep. you're going and getting it and it's, and you're, and you're learning along with all of us, right? Because I mean, you, you're finding out stuff from exactly. this research that you can share with others. Oh man, this is exciting. I'm, I'm excited for you and I'm excited to, to have you here to, sh- to spread the word to more of these people. Hey, everybody, look down below, look, stro- scroll through the, go ahead and take your finger and scroll through and you'll see that beautiful square pink and yellow, uh, not a designer um, uh, page. Click on that. Make sure to subscribe to that because that is the um, the Twitter, or sorry, the X Twitter um, page. So don't forget to do that. And then right <laughs> above us, scroll back up. Right above us, uh, Jason put in the jumbotron. Um, the subscribe. So click on that subscribe, and it comes in your mail. It's easy. There's no there's no junk attached to it. It's all pure, yeah. uh, clean learning. And I've loved it. Um, I know you guys are gonna love it. And if you already are subscribed, I know you guys are already loving it too. So please do that. Um, to everybody that's here, we're gonna now open up the floor. If you want, if you have a question for Saran, or if you uh, want to make any comments, please raise your hand. Just hit the little bottom request to speak and put your hand up once you're up here, so uh, we can get to you and we'll know the order. Um, but yeah, Saran, thank you so much. We'll uh, we'll get some questions going for you if that's okay. Absolutely, sounds All great. Right. And then looks like first up we have Jessica. Jessica, thank you for coming. Go ahead. Yeah, good morning or afternoon there. Um, thank you so much for this uh, uh, Twitter space there. I love where the tech commute uh, is going there. I'm really excited for the next few episodes. And hey there, Saran. Uh, it's great to, to talk to you again. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, you too. <laughs> but uh, basically my question, I love uh, hearing your story there. Um, and my, my question is, because I feel like a lot of people have a lot of side projects and uh, content creation projects, and they're looking for that tipping point on when to leave their full-time job and go full-time into content creation. So I was wondering if you can talk more about, because I know, I, th- I think you were working as a developer before and doing CodeNubi, and then you switched full-time to uh, CodeNubi before it was acquired. So I was hoping you could kind of talk more about that process yeah. there. I'd love to. That's a great topic. So so I did CodeNubi on the side for three years. And then the reason why, there are two reasons why I felt comfortable quitting and doing it full-time. Number one, I was making enough money that my husband and I could could basically plan for him and the sponsorship money that was coming in from Code Newbie to cover our expenses while still being able to save a little bit. And it felt like a financially responsible thing to do. Um, but two, the other thing was I felt like having it on the side was holding me back from growing it. So I basically got to a place, I was working at Microsoft at the time, and I was in charge of this new program, this technical training program called Tech Jobs Academy. And I was a year into that program. We were about to start a second cohort. And I basically said to myself, okay, I can either keep going with this cohort and keep essentially climbing the ladder at Microsoft and keep building up my career that way. Or I can take a chance and see how big I can make Code Newbie if I did it full time. Because it wasn't going to grow to the point where I wanted it to. It wasn't going to make as much money as I wanted to while I still did it on the side. There was just, there just weren't enough hours in the day. There was too much split attention. There wasn't enough focus on it. And so, you know, had the, the, the money conversation with my husband and we both decided that, um, you know, we were okay living off of his salary plus sponsorships and if sponsorships didn't work out, we were still going to be fine and made the decision to, to quit and focus on it full time and ended up being the right decision for us. So I would say that there are, two reasons to me that make sense to, to quit your um, job and do it full time. Number one is please make sure you have savings. <laughs> please, please make sure you have savings and make sure that you have enough of a runway so that if sponsorships go through, if layoffs happen, if, um, you know, people, if, if, if people are not putting in money towards content, you're going to be okay. The last thing you want to do is be scrambling and be stressed out about money and, and lose your job and have like, it's just a mess. So please make sure to, to have some savings and give yourself enough runway. And number two, I think the question that you have to ask yourself is how much bigger can this be if I quit? 
if you're going to quit your job and do more or less the same stuff you were doing while you were employed, then just stay employed and keep that extra money, right? If you are going to quit your job and all of a sudden you have the capacity to throw that conference that you couldn't throw, to write that book you didn't have time to write that's going to make tons of money, to start that podcast that you didn't have time. If you, if you if having a job is holding you back from really reaching your potential and you can say that with confidence, then I think it makes sense to leave your job and do your side hustle full time. But without a nice runway to handle the, the risk and without a clear idea of how you're going to spend your time and what more you could do, like you should be almost bursting at the seams. You should be frustrated every day at how much you don't have time for your side hustle before I would recommend focusing on your side hustle full time. Great question, Jessica. Thank you so much for coming up. Does that answer your question, Jessica? Yeah, yeah, that was an awesome answer. Thank you. Perfect, Absolutely. perfect. Yeah, if anybody else wants to come up, we have about 10 minutes left. So this is the final call to raise your hands and bring up a question. But while we wait for you guys to come on up to ask Saran something, I have a quick question for you, Saran. Um, sure. I know you have a family. I have a family, and I know a lot of us here that might be going through our journey or have went through the journey um, have families too. How did you, cause you, you are like a superhero to me hearing all this stuff you're doing. How do you, <laughs> how do you find that, that balance between, you know, newsletter and podcast and family and, and, and balancing that time? Like, how do you do it? I'm going to be very honest with you. This is a very unhelpful answer, but this is the truth that people don't want to admit and don't want to talk about. I have a full-time nanny. That's how I do it. I have a full-time nanny and she works uh, a ton and she takes extremely good care of my one child, one, I have just one daughter. And that's the other thing too. I only have one kid, right? So it's not like I'm balancing um, a family of multiple kids that all have different needs and different ages. I got just one to focus on. Um, I have a partner who is also, you know, a, a co-parent who is an excellent partner who, you know, does his fair share. And then some, we handle parenting, you know, equally, um, but the biggest way that I'm able to do all the stuff I can do is because I have a nanny. Um, we were very, uh, we took our time in terms of being, you know, adults and starting a family. I'm 34, about to turn 35. I had my kid when I was 33. So we waited, you know, we waited a, a good chunk of time and we were very careful with how we spent our money. We were very good about saving. We we're very good about investing. We are all in on index funds. That's how we handle our money. And it's worked out really well for us. The acquisition worked well for us. And so we were in a place where when we decided to start a family, it was a very strategic financial decision. We knew the type of career people we were. We knew uh, he has a startup of his own. He works for, he's um, co-founder of the Storygraph. And um, we both know that career is very important to us. We both know that work is very important to us. We want to be able to throw ourselves in our work um, but also be responsible and loving parents. And we knew that that would require a significant amount paid towards childcare. And so we waited. We waited until we had enough money where we could have the kind of lifestyle that we wanted and had the kind of childcare that we needed to be able to you know, do our businesses well. Um, and so that's the truth. The truth is we waited, we saved money, we invested money and, um, it, and we, we spend money, <laughs> we spend money to get time. Like you, you get, you get time or money, you rarely get both. And we basically spend the time, we spend the money to get the time. Yeah. My, my wife was a nanny for who I want to say like over 15 years. So yeah, shout oh, out wow. to all the nannies out there. It, nanny, oh, yeah. Nannies help so many They're incredible. people. Yeah. And I got to experience yep. most of that with her. So um, yeah, kudos to, to being able to find that balance with your family and being able to enjoy that time when you can because of the nannies. So that's great. Um, yeah. Um, sorry. I'm, my phone is being weird today. Uh, Jason, do you have anything you want to say? <laughs> uh, why yes yes jacob i do thank you um <laughs> sorry so hypothetical me i'm mm. I, i'm coming into the the tech industry brand new baby never seen a thing what where are you pointing me as somebody that i'm looking to after seeing the newsletter and stuff to start my journey what are some of these things that you're going to say to do and to not do to uh saran 20 years ago 
going in not that long ago, obviously. <laughs> saying Maybe it, like 10 years at ago. The, but at yeah. the beginning of the journey. Yeah. Um, I would say two things. Number one, pick a resource and stick to it. Um, Free Code Camp is a very, very popular one that people absolutely love. They've got tons of video course content. They have a more interactive kind of Code Academy style in your in your browser, but in your terminal style of teaching. Um, Code Academy is another great one. I, I got started on Code Academy. Free Code, Free Code Camp didn't exist when I first learned to code. Um, but there are tons of um, great Scrimba is another one that I, I really like. I really like how I can pause the video and play in the with the code in the browser directly. Um, I took their React course. I forget who is taught by, um, but it's an amazing React course that I, I really enjoyed. Um, I still find React pretty intimidating, but he made it a little bit less so, so that was good. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the most important thing is to have, to, to pick a course pick something in depth and meaty and just stick with it. See it to the end. It's probably not going to be the perfect fit. You're probably going to be confused. It's probably going to suck. It's probably going to be hard. It's supposed to be that way. I tried to learn how to code twice. I tried to learn the first time um, a year into my tech journey and I, it was a miserable failure and I was so intimidated and overwhelmed that I, I quit after I think it was like maybe a month or two. And then I revisited it um, a year later. And that's when I had, a new mindset. I had a new perspective shift. And I said, I know this is going to suck. I know this is going to be hard. I know this is going to be difficult. I'm going into it with those expectations that this is not supposed to be fun. And then I was pleasantly surprised when it was fun. <laughs> and so I think going into it thinking you're supposed to be confused. It's not supposed to make sense, but trusting in the process and, str and tr trusting that it will make sense one day. And if you just kind of get through the muck and, and, and get through, you know, the only way over is through. And if you just get through it, you will be better off. And trusting that process, I think, is so important. So I would say don't bounce between resources because people do that. And then they get overwhelmed. They're confused. They make no progress. Just stick with one and just see it all the way through. 100 devs is another really great example. Uh, I'm not sure when Leon is starting a new, a new cohort, but I think all of this stuff is recorded. So you can always go back and, and follow along. But pick a resource. Stick with it is number one. Number two, understand that it's going to suck. It's going to be painful. It's not going to be fun. Have low expectations for yourself and for the process, and then be pleasantly surprised when it does actually work out for you. Uh, I absolutely love that, especially with social media and everything that's just coming at you, new technologies, new languages and frameworks and all these things being thrown at us all the time that just stick to it thing was so mm -hmm. that that resonated with me a lot. And Jacob and I have had that conversation a few times because there you see it even free free code camp releasing uh, the C sharp thing recently. You're like, Oh, do I, do I touch do I learn C sharp now? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of people do because yep. there's so many choices. So I, I love that you said that that one's going to stick with me. Uh, where, what does success look like to you, Saran? Where, where do you see yourself? with all of this that you're doing? Oh, that's a, that's a big question. Um, I think success for me is building something that people actually want and use. Um, I think the most exciting part about having a newsletter is seeing that people read it. It's seeing the open rates. Like it is so, it is such a thrill. Every time I put out a newsletter, you know, I, I try to be patient and wait the next day to check my my analytics, and then I'll see, you know, 60% open rate, 65% open rate. And I get so excited that there's actual human beings on the other end who are reading my words. It is just the best feeling. I think that creating, creating something, whether it's words, a podcast, music, art, anything, uh, and apps for other people to consume is just such a thrilling feeling. Um, and I want to build a life where that is what I do. And so I want to um, create a product that helps people that genuinely solves a problem that hopefully, you know, makes a ton of money as well. Um, but I really just want to be a builder. I want to be someone who creates useful things that people actually want and use. Um, and I want to solve problems for people. That's probably the, the, the most exciting thing. Saran, your, your story is super inspiring one and two, I, I can't express to the audience how amazing Konubi podcast is and also the newsletter. So please uh, go out and do it. Kanika, 
Welcome. Hey, Kanika. I had to come on stage. This is my girl, y'all. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason and Jacob may don't know that we actually know each other in real life. Yeah. Like, yeah, many years. <laughs> we go back. Say what? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and she's from the DMV. Exactly. I don't know mm-hmm. if she said that part, but yeah, she's from, Mer- she's from Maryland. <laughs> I, I, we met at a conference. What was a while ago, right? Oh, yeah. It's been a while, but I just wanted to say congrats. I just I didn't want to come and hijack the space. I just want to say congratulations on it on your new newsletter. I subscribe. Thank you. I highly recommend everybody in this space to, to subscribe to the newsletter. I enjoy the emails as well, and I enjoy Code Newbie's podcast. Please check out the podcast, y'all. Actually, I will share that to my audience as well, and. I would love to connect with you and catch up, you know, at a later time. But I wanted to say congratulations on everything. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Always. No problem. No problem. Back to you guys. Kanika, you are always, always, always welcome to hijack our space. (laughs) Uh, You are are awesome. (laughs) We appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming up and and, and, and saying hi to Sarand. Um, Everybody. This is the Tech Commute. Welcome again. But it is time to wrap up. We have hit our hour. Um, we want to, of course, thank Saran. But first, before we go, I want to let everybody know, if you found value in our space today, don't forget to give Saran Code Newbies, at Code Newbies, and not a designer with like three or four R's, I think it is. You'll see it r- right down there. <laughs> That's all we can get. <laughs> and, um, uh, and then also a little shout out, I, uh, right above us in the Jumbotron, I put the Code Newbie podcast episode that has Jessica Wilkins in it. So if you guys want to hear both our speak, uh, uh, Jessica is one of our speakers right now, her and Saran both uh, uh, had a podcast episode together. So check that out. If this is your first episode, why not connect with both of them and listen to their episode too? Click on the face, give them a follow, um, spread the word. Um, but yeah, just a little shout out on um, our next episode on Wednesday, we're going to be welcome Shashi Lowe, uh, to, um, works at Microsoft to our stage for our ask me anything, uh, series. So don't forget to bring questions for Shashi. I see Shashi down there. Hi, Shashi. Um, thanks to everyone that joined in. Listen today. We appreciate you spending your time learning and growing with us. Um, Saran, huge, huge honor to have you. Your podcast changed my life. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep making the newsletter. It's going to change many more people. I know it's already helped thousands of people. You're doing something amazing. You're doing something right. And it does matter. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. Jason, back to you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's do our closing thoughts. Usually we wrap up with some closing thoughts from the speakers. So, Saran, we're going to give you the floor. You can do any shameless plugs, just <laughs> whatever you want. The, the floor is yours. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, I'm super excited about Not A Designer. So if you are interested in learning design or if you know people who are interested in learning design who are in tech or developers, I would love for them to check it out. Uh, and I would also say that if you are subscribed, you are always welcome to reply to the email. I read all the replies and I would love to get more because I want to know if my content is helpful. I want to know if it's useful. I want to just hear your thoughts. So, and this is, this is true for all newsletter people, by the way, if you subscribe to a newsletter and you hit reply, you will make the newsletter creators day because we love hearing from you and we rarely do. So please make sure to, um, to, you know, say hello and and let us know how we're doing and if we can, um, if we can improve. Um, but besides that, you know, I wish everyone here the, the best of luck when it comes to breaking into tech. I know how extremely hard it is. I've worked with so many people, especially over the last um, year. I've, I've worked one-on-one with a bunch of people who are trying to break into tech. Um, and it's just, it's tough out here. It's hard for everyone. And I hope you know that if you're having a hard time, it's probably not you. It's the economy. It's the layoffs. It's the industry. It's just not a good time. But I've been, you know, following all the all that's been happening on Twitter, and I feel like January is going to be a hopeful time. I'm hoping that we'll see an uptick in, you know, positions and in opportunities in January. So the next three months is a good time to just buckle down and focus on your learning, focus on getting ready for January, focus on leveling up and really, you know, doing those open source projects and making those projects look good, working on that code, building up that portfolio. 
and really hunkering down. And then hopefully in January, we'll see, we'll see an uptick in opportunities and, um, and, and openings, but good luck to you. If you are in that hustle, I completely understand. I've been there. And if there's anything I can do to support you, my DMS are always open. Um, it's just my first name, last name, Saranya Barg. So you're welcome to reach out to me. I, I do my best to respond to everyone. So please don't be a stranger. All right, everybody. I'm going to need to see so many clap hands right now. I need to see the whole screen full of clap hands for Saran. Let's see. Let's get them. Let's throw those emojis out. Hit the little plus heart button. Give Saran emoji. Thank you for being here, uh, Saran. It's been a wonderful pleasure. And I might add, I would love to do a sticker trade soon. So we're going to send you a, a, yeah, a, a absolutely. sticker. Uh, we're waiting for them to be fresh off the press, but we'd love to send you one. Um, Sounds good. Will do. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you all the listeners in our section. Thank you to the speakers, Kanika and Jessica. Thanks for coming up with your uh, questions and thoughts. We appreciate you. Jason, what an amazingly amazing episode. I am honored to be here, of course. It's wonderful being your co-host, but we'll go ahead and pass it over to Jason for his closing thoughts. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Aran. Oh my goodness, what a great space. Today, I learned how to say Saran's name. That is what I got. And that was such a blessing because I felt so bad saying it wrong. And it is such a cool name. And if you guys aren't subscribed to everything she mentioned, they're right up there in the Jumbotron. Please make sure you go up there. There's tons of value to be had. Her story was excellent. Definitely check out the podcasts and the newsletter. Hopefully she'll come back and hang out with us someday. This was such a pleasure to have her here. Definitely appreciate all of you being here to listen. And let's always remember, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be subscribed to Not a Designer. Have a great day, guys. (laughs) That was amazing. (laughs) You're you're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. I hope you guys have a great day. We will see you Wednesday. Shashi Lo. Bye, guys.